You're now listening to Filmed on Location, real untold stories from the people behind filming locations of someone's favorite movie. My name is Brian Jones, and I own the house from A Christmas Story. So ever since I was a wee little kid, it was always my dream to uh, be a jet pilot and an astronaut. My dad was a pilot in the Navy, so I grew up, you know, around the Naval Base, um, all that stuff. And it was just really cool. You know, it's mid-80s, space shuttle's huge, and space race is on, all the cool stuff there. So... That's all I want to do. So I studied hard in school. Was at Valedictorian in high school. Got accepted to the got an appointment to the Naval Academy, and went there to study aerospace engineering. Uh, was a dream of get going to Naval Flight School. Uh, I picked the Naval Academy. My dad had gone there, and then also they had to that point had the most astronauts of any any college or any military school. So went on to Naval Flight School and failed the vision test and was reassigned to be an intelligence officer. More, more than a little bummed after putting all this hard work and effort into wanting to be a pilot and it not working out. So in Intel school, my parents made and sent me a leg lamp. Uh, still have it here in my office, looking at it right now. And I asked where they got it. And I said, they got it. Like, we had to, we had to make it. Nobody sells those. And mom just offhandedly, you know, says, no, let me get decent business. Other people are interested when we were making it. And, you know, it's, it's cool. It's kind of fun. And, and you know, Chris Story, this is geez, 1998. It isn't what it is today. It was kind of starting to cut. Back then, you could have called it a cult classic. Now it's definitely, you know, a classic Christmas movie. It's definitely more mainstream than it was then. You know, we'd always been fans. My mom had found a Chris Story in the late 80s and said, hey, you got to see this. And it was immediately a family favorite. So I didn't see it in the theater, but, you know, it been it been a favorite for the family for a long time. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. I owed you know, six years for a Naval Academy education, so I go off to the Navy, do my first tour, and then I'm in my second tour, and that one will take me through my obligated service time. And I'm like, what should I do? I looked at all kinds of stuff. I'm like, you go do taxes. I was volunteering to do people's tax returns for them at tax time. I looked at running a Home Depot. I took real estate classes, and I kind of settled on taxes. I kind of like, you know, the strategy of the game of, you know, figuring out, you know, what taxes you should pay at different times and, you know, how to minimize your tax, this and that, and what, what rules applied for deductions. And it just kind of hit me. I was like, you know, that's, that's okay. And I was like, but I'd always heard owning your own business was the deal. So I was like, well, what would I do though? I said, nah, I don't know. You know, one day I was like, I should sell leg lamps. And my buddy who was sitting next to me, uh, I was like, I'll build you a website. He's a computer science major in uh, college, and he just built this data website for his flooring business. I'm like, okay, that was kind of the last little push I needed. I think I'll build you a. So I figured out all the parts I needed and started tooling together leg lamps in my condo in my free time while still in the Navy and shipping them out. Uh, made and sold 500 the first year. I was like, wow, might be onto something. Got out of the Navy the second year, had them made uh, in China, um, and I figured I had probably like, I don't know, three, four year supply and sold almost all of them. I was like, whoa. And that, that same year, the house came out for sale on eBay. So the captain of my wife's ship noticed. He knew what I did. He told my wife about it. She didn't think anything of it. Finally, emails me like four or five day, days later, like, hey, do you see they're selling the house for a Christmas story on eBay? And I was like, what, what, what? No. So I stopped reading her email, went right over to eBay found and found the house. I was like, no way. I figured basically if that, if flag lamps were that popular, 
you know, the, the, if I did something with the house, something it would make a good business venture, and it just made a natural extension of the business. Hey, if you're selling products in the movie, why not, you know, make the house out of something? And to be honest, at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that, you know, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. So I contacted the guy through a little contact me thing on eBay. I said, hey, I'm, I want to buy your house. I'm serious. Here's my phone number. Please call me. Called me the next morning. He said he had – he started bidding at just under $100,000. He said he had it to like one fifteen. I had and everything I had. I had $150,000. I said, well, would you take one fifty and sell it to me now? He owned a joint with his brother, called his brother to make sure I was okay with him, called me back and said it was mine. So I, I emailed back my wife, said, the house is mine. And she thought it was a joke. She's like, haha, very funny. I was like, no, no, I'm serious. I bought it. And I got one line back and all it was, and I don't know if there's a laugh or cry. And so that was the beginning of my Christmas story house adventure, basically buying a house. All I'm in San Diego, California, by the way. Never been to Cleveland, Ohio. Bought this site, this house, which is a beat-down rental property, by the way. It's not in the shape it is today. It's just upstairs and you know to the studs and in the middle of renovation. Downstairs is not great. Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of junk in the basement. The money I was making on leg lamps was going to go to. We're newly married, by the way, and uh, was going to go to us buying a down payment for us to buy a house in California. And I just blew it all on a beat-down rental property in Cleveland, Ohio. That was in a movie. The guy who owned it, he wanted to sell it. He knew what it was, what it was but he, like I said, he inherited it from, the, from a brother who had a heart attack in the bar across the street. So him and his other brother inherited it together. And it was a rental property. And he was just tired of going down to, you know, driving a half hour to collect the rent, take care of the yard, doing a little maintenance stuff. It was becoming a hassle. And so he worked for the city of Brook Park. And another guy that worked there as well, did a little moonlighting as a real estate agent, like, well, I'll help you sell it. You know, maybe we'll put it up to eBay or something. Well, actually, back, back up. Somehow he got in touch with Scott Schwartz, who played Flick, and basically was like, hey, are you interested in this? And, and Scott, not knowing kind of like what I knew that, you know, Lego Lounge was that popular and things were really going well. I was like, oh, yeah, I am, but I'm not even sure what you do with it. Because like, Scott's business is uh, movie cards, baseball cards and movie collectibles. So obviously it's a big collectible. You know, do you, do you turn it into a bed and breakfast? What, how do you, you know, what, do you, nothing had like that had kind of been done before, like where you turn a movie house into some attraction. And well, so they agreed to meet. Scott was going to be in Cleveland for a uh, movie card, baseball card, and movie collectible uh, convention. And but he signed up late. So when Al went to go go see go see him at this thing, he's like, "Yeah, hey, I'm looking for Scott. Sch- talk to the lady at the front desk. I'm looking for Scott Schwartz. You know which booth he's in? Oh, he's not here. He's not on the list. You know. And so Al, instead of trying to go in and actually find him and see if he was there, leaves and goes home. He's like, okay, whatever. And that's when you got to the, his friend helping him put it on eBay. So I, I kind of beat out Flick to get the house um, just through circumstance and happenstance uh, that then I'll put it on eBay with the help of a real estate friend. And um, that's how I kind of ended up with it. Off. That's why I ended up on eBay. And that's how I ended up with it as well. And then after after I agreed to purchase it, and we don't have anything in writing, mind you, somebody offered him $200,000 for it. But he he still took my offer since he said he'd already made the deal. I'm like, really? That's impressive. The house itself, um, and that was kind of part of the problem too. When Al was talking, he's like, "How are you going to pay for this?" It's like the house is maybe worth forty or fifty, you know, if that pushing it. You've got to come, you know, no, no bank's going to give you loan. I've got the cash. I sold a bunch of leg lamps. I, I'll, I'll I'll send you a check here, you know, as a down, a down payment. So I did. 
but it was rec- it was recognizable. But if you were driving by on any street, you wouldn't notice it. If you know knew what you were looking for, you could. It had gray vinyl siding, uh, new windows. The porch was still there, the little wraparound porch. Um, you know, but if you didn't know what you were looking for, you wouldn't have known it. It, based, it faded kind of a little bit back. And there, we have the picture of the listing and the pictures on our website of, of what it looked like, you know, at the time. The downstairs are just kind of a haphazard remodel, uh, uh, you know, just enough to be, you know, a cheaper own property. And then upstairs was, you know, still for the studs, uh, you know, some ducting here, some, you know, tools left there. Nothing, and it was being sold as is. Uh, there was a truck parked um perpendicular across the driveway to stop dump trucks from using the driveway to back up in and drop loose fill down the hill on the opposite side. So you can imagine it, it's not in great shape. And a couple of people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you serious? You're going to buy this house and spend this much money on a house from a movie? Uh, but I was like, yeah, it's going to work out. You know, I, my, my feeling was that regardless of what happened with it, if it didn't go well, I could at least get my money or most of it back out of the house. You know, I'm like, hey, if, if it was worth it, I saw it for the diamond in the rough that it was. I was like, this, you know, you could do this with it. Because when I when I first showed up, I think it was December seventh, two thousand, December twenty seventh, two thousand four, when my sister uh, flew out to go go check out the house for the first time, and made a wrong turn, ended up on West Eleventh, a little farther north, came back, like, oh, there's the house, oh, that's cool, and I felt like. Uh, I was in the movie set. I was like, oh, cool. Like, there's this and sheds in the back. I'm kind of tromping around. I'm like, mind you, somebody lives there. I'm, I'm lucky I had to get shot. But it felt like I was in the movie set. And that's where – so my first original idea was a bed and breakfast because that was where it pops into your mind. And then my second thought was a museum. Like, I'll restore it on the outside. And inside we'll have, like, interesting trivia and whatever. But that seemed kind of boring. If you, you know. And then when I got to the house um, – I was like, wow, you know, like, what if I could restore it like uh, on the inside as it was on the outside? Most people don't know. Most of the interior shots are shot on a soundstage. So I have to squeeze basically a soundstage into a regular house and do a lot of the thing. Like it's all, the house is also a duplex and that that's also hidden in the movie. That, so there's upstairs and downstairs. They're not connected. So I actually had to cut a hole in one of the bedrooms to put the stairs from the movie into the house. And they'll cut back and forth between, you know, Cleveland and and uh and canada where they're filming on the sound stage and when they're filming inside the house basically if the curtains are closed it, it's canada if the curtains are open it's cleveland like you can see him come in with the, the crate that that scene shot there some of the living room scenes are also a real good indicator that people find kind of interesting is when ralphie's climbing up onto the sink to shoot at black bart that's actually shot in the house and you can tell because and them under the under the table is also shot there because when it go and it's because it's got that really interesting pattern underneath the table, and there also are no cabinets underneath the sink when they're in the house in Cleveland. But then later, the little brother Randy is in cabinets under the sink. So what they have is a uh, kitchen remodeled during that time. So those are little things that you can kind of pick up on that show what was in the house and what wasn't. One of our Facebook fans pointed out when one of the there were six BB guns made for the movie, and one of them went up for for sale at a, in a Hollywood prop shop um it's that sells you know stuff that they get from the, the movie studios after the fact uh the costumes were actually the costumes the most interesting thing is they were still in the wardrobe mistress's warehouse 25 years after the film had been made you, you could go in there at any time and just rent them and use them for uh, you know any other movie and she had still had her this yellow three ring binder that had all of her notes and just a ton of polaroids to keep the consistency you know 
some things would be, you know, if it's something in Cleveland, something Canada, well, that would be weeks apart. So we got to make sure we're wearing the same thing and consistency, all her notes and all these Polaroids of all these behind the scenes shots and, and costuming and things of that nature are all in this book. And then I want to say we walked out with like 20 different costumes. In fact, I'm, I'm at my house in Florida right now and I've got Randy's suit and Ralphie's suit up in uh, shadow boxes in my office behind my desk. And then we have, and the great thing too, is there, there are copies uh, of each one. They use both of them on set. So like the kid falls down in the snow, it falls down in the mud. We don't have to stop filming to clean them up and do stuff. Hey, we just, you know, just change out the costume. Like there were, there were actually three of Randy's suit. One was a prototype that Ian Petrello, but Randy got to keep. And then, um, uh, Linda kept the other two, and I have I have both of those. Peter Billingsley ended up with the bunny suit and the cowboy suit. He also got a BB gun, but all the stuff that we have like Higby toys. I had a friend in Cleveland. Uh, I met him because I went to the Naval Academy. His daughter went to the Naval Academy. He collected toys. Come to find out, he had, he loaned all the toys to the Higby company and still had them years later. So stuff like that would just kind of start to find us. Um, through you know different means uh you know and things like that some of the actors like for a while we had ian petrella's um who played randy's little whoopee zeppelin on display they let him keep it after the movie i tried to find the pole from uh for flicks i guess that's long gone um different things like that are just you know and then we, we talked to people to get pictures of you know what they had when they were extras because it was cool to have a movie being filmed there so we get pictures of and things that you know you don't know of behind the scenes stuff that happened so to be honest, it was kind of one of those things, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, you hope they do. Uh, I was super nervous, to be honest. I didn't have the money that we spent to renovate this, so it cost me 150 to buy the the house and then 240 to renovate it back to how it looked in the movie. And to be honest, when we opened it, opening day, it was pretty light on, like, furniture and things inside that, and things that I needed. In fact, we put out a press release um, asking for it. Um, you know, old stoves, old refrigerators, things to decorate out basically this quote unquote, the set inside. We haven't even had a gentleman from Tennessee make some furniture for us. So, uh, recreating the set was also expensive, but so I'm, I'm super nervous because they're going to go really well, but we, we rolled into opening day on fumes financially. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I used five different credit cards, the home equity line of credit, stuff like that, all to pull it together. But, you know, it was, what was awesome about opening day is it was a day after Thanksgiving in 2006, and it's like 74 degrees in Cleveland, Ohio, which is unheard of. It should have been, you know, cold, wet, rainy. The line was like three or four people deep all the way down the block and around the corner. I think it was, at one point it was four hours to get into the house. I was like, yeah. So we, I, it was like awesome. Scott Schwartz, who played Flick, you know, had, had wanted to get the house. So I – and I – Another weird story is I grew up in Newberry Park, California, and two towns over, Westlake Village, California, Scott's dad had his baseball card and movie collectible thing. And next to that was some kitchen store that my mom wanted to go into when I was in junior high. And I was like, okay, whatever. So my dad, to entertain us, took us into the baseball card and movie collectible store. And I'm just looking around. There's like a Revenge of the Jedi poster before they changed the name to Return of the Jedi. That's cool. And I saw a Kidco poster. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. The owner says, well, that's my son. Well, Scott Schwartz played the kid in Kidco. I'm like, oh, that's neat. And then later I saw, you know, things being sold on eBay, signed by Scott Schwartz from a Christmas story out of Westlake. So I'm like, that's got to be him selling his own stuff. So I contacted him, you know, and then said, hey, went over to the shop, said, would you be, you know, I have bought the house for a Christmas story. At this point, I didn't know that he'd also tried to purchase it. I was like, would you, but would you be interested in being part of it? And, you know, open and do it. I said, what do you mean? I, I don't know. Show up. 
do actor appearances, sign autographs, you know, you know, I'll, I'll pay to bring you out, set you up. I was like, do you know anybody else in the movie? And he, he knew a bunch of, he knew, uh, Zach Ward and Ian Petrella who played Scott Farkas and Randy. I tracked down Teddy Moore who played Miss Shields and also Yana Anaya who played Grover Dill. Uh, and then the two, two people who played the evil elves on the Santa mountain, uh, were local Clevelanders and they still lived in Cleveland. So, we, we had all those guys out and they did, you know, a, a cool little thing on the, uh, the porch, you know, coming out and introduce them. So and, and the idea there's also to add to the experience, you know, if, if you're, you're coming to see the house, which is really cool. And then you can see the people who played, you know, the actors in the movie. And it just adds to the, you know, for, like myself being a fan, I was starstruck when I first got to meet them. Like, Oh, wow, this is really cool. And then, for, but that, that's the idea is to add to the fan experience with that as well. Anybody owns a business will tell you it's always a lot of work. There's always stuff going on with it. It's really cool though. It's funny, like I'm famous within like a, a one or two block radi- radius of a Christmas story house. People will see me. At, people ask for my autograph, which is kind of silly, but you know if they see you on TV doing interviews or they've heard of you or, or followed you on something. You know, I have a lady. She comes in every year, wants to get an autograph, gives me pictures of you know me doing different stuff. I'm like, it's kind of cool and kind of creepy at the same time. I get a small glimpse of what it's like, you know, to be famous, but yet I'm lucky enough to be able to realize, man, I get to keep my anonymity. That's awesome. Now, I never thought it would get this far. Uh, to be honest, when I, when I started the leg lamp business, I thought it would be a side business. I thought I'd like, just do, like, make some leg lamps and sell a few here and there on the internet. Every, you know, it's, it's 03, and eBay was much bigger than it is now, and Amazon wasn't even, a, you know, really a glimmer of, of much. Um, it was a bookstore. That was it. Uh, it's not the, you know, behemoth that it is today. So, you know, it, it went from completely, you know, into a different direction. You know, I never had planned really early in life, you know, to be a business owner. You know, I was going to go be a, you know, you know, fly by the seat of your pants, jet pilot, astronaut, exploring the cosmos or whatnot was my dream as a kid. So uh, it's been interesting. It's definitely been a, a journey. Uh, I, like they say, life's not a destination. It's it's the adventure and journey along the way. Uh, on the house, it's cool. I I uh, always try to think of it and treat it as if I'm just a steward or custodian of it and, and try to see things from other fans perspective. Cause that was me when I first got to see it, like how, how in awe I was, how cool it was to actually be there on the set. And I can see that happen with other people when I, when I see them first show up to the house and I'm like, wow, you know, it's just kind of neat. It also helps me to go back. And, but I try to, you know, make sure that we take care of it for everybody to enjoy. Cause I want to learn it forever. Um, at some point it'll, it'll pass on. Uh, somebody else, but it's, you know, that's kind of how I, I re- it's a, it's a fun, you know, notable thing to do. It's also when people ask me what I do, they're like, they're like, really? Seriously? I'm like, yeah, you know, we, when we sell some stuff, you know, like lamps and replica products. <laughs> like, okay. You know, it's, it's different. I usually try to ask somebody what they do first if, I, if I'm meeting them. Cause if we talk about what I do, it just tends to dominate the conversation. And then if I ask them later and they're like, yeah, I'm in banking or, you know, an, an accountant, and like, you know, it's like, okay, that's cool. As opposed to my, my thing just went on and on. It just, it, it seems to kind of <laughs> downplay what, what, you know, their job was. Cause mine's just, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. Some people are like, yeah, they're, they're touring through and like, Hey, we're, we're a perfect thing of, Hey, you're, you're in Cleveland or you're coming to visit, you know, things and Hey, let's also do that. That's cool. It's different. It's not, it's not your same cookie cutter. You know, Hey, there's an art museum. There's a baseball stadium to see. There's a kid's museum or, or something like that. You know, the standard stuff that you go and do when you uh, visit a town if you're a tourist. So it's, it's kind of, it's neat in that uh, we've had people come from all over, but we also get the people who like, we are here just for this. We drove four hours and we're here to see the Christmas Farm house. I'm like, 
That's awesome. Uh, and we've had people from you know, South Africa, from Russia, you name it. We've had them from all basically every country around the world. Um, they, in, Christopher is obviously far more popular in the U.S. than it is even into Canada because they just don't show it on a 24-hour marathon up there like they do here. But it's it's everywhere and it's throughout the world and people come you know to see it, which is also the impetus you know when I decided I think maybe three years ago to start running it out overnight. Uh, letting people stay inside because people like oh, we did we used to just once a year when we were closed for Christmas Eve and Christmas and Christmas Day we we you know let people stay we're like you know what what if we could open this to so more people have the opportunity so that's been an awesome one we get people who come in bunny suits people all all you know it's standard like your standard Comic Con conventions all crazy crazied up and you know ready to roll uh, <laughs> and do stuff and that's a lot of people we see I, you can see who um rent the place they'll, they'll come and they'll reenact all the scenes and do do things they're all in costume and got got to get that christmas card um so that that's a lot of fun yeah and that, i like it because it's unique in that i even looked at the house from home alone was up for sale i just knew i couldn't replicate what we had in cleveland uh just based on its location and how the town was um and like that, that that house you can't visit you know you, you have, have a no parking don't you know don't slow down sign here the house from um Christmas vacation is actually on the Warner Brothers Ranch uh, in in Burbank, so you can't visit that one either. So it's kind of one of you know it's one of those things where at least you know you got this one and it's it's famous and you know it gives people something to come see and kind of it's it's almost I don't know it's it's like this movie is interesting in that the house plays almost like a starring role in it because so much of the movie revolves around what's going on in the Parker's house. That's why I think people and fans feel such a connection to it because it's you know just like when the narrator Gene Shepard opens up with. Um, you know, there's my house on good old Cleveland street. It, it, people feel like they're like coming home or to their old house. They grew up in as a kid. My name is Ernie. I'm the head tour guy here at the Christmas story house. The, the one thing about the house that makes our, our tourist attraction different from almost any other tourist attraction, the fact that it's interactive. So you'll go into the actual Christmas story house where they film 15% of the movie at. And, the house is recreated and reconstructed to make it seem like a whole entire movie was filmed inside of this house, but it wasn't. But that's part of the fact that you can go around, you can pick up and touch and play with whatever you want in the house. So if you want to take a picture of you shooting your eye out, you have the Red Ryder BB gun right there at your access to pick up and pretend to shoot your eye out. If you want to take a picture of that leg lamp and grope it just like Ralph did in the movie, we're okay with that. Go ahead and grope that leg lamp, no judgment here at all. We actually appreciate it and we actually understand and it's actually highly requested that you grow up the leg lamp. Kind of feel disrespected if you don't. It's like praising it. And then you can also tour upstairs as well too where you see the boys' bedroom, you see the bathroom as well too. And yes, inside that bathroom we have light boy soap. And if you want to be bold and put that soap in your mouth, we're okay with that as well too. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of soap poisoning here and there. And then you can also go in the kitchen where it's reconstructed to look exactly like the kitchen from the movie. And we also have the sink where Randy hides up under the sink and he's crying because he thinks his dad's going to kill Ralphie for Ralphie getting into that fight with that bully Scud Farkas. So it's extremely fun, and we love when people come inside and have fun. And then the other fun part about doing the tours is the fact that we give you information about the movie, about the cast, about the house, 
that you cannot find almost anywhere else except for if you take one of our tours. Yeah, people go on Google and they go Wikipedia and they, they look up stuff and it gives you like cliff notes. But we have all the underground facts and all the hardcore stuff that, you, that you're striving to look for when you come into places like that that have the history behind it. This is how you can tell what scenes were actually filmed inside the Christmas Story house. If you're ever watching the movie again and you can see through the windows, you can see through the front door or through the back door. Like if you can, if you're inside, if they're inside the house, you can see through it to the outside. So that's how you can tell what scenes were filmed inside the house. Now, if you're ever watching the movie and you can't see through any of the windows and you can't see any windows at all and you can't see through the front or through the back door, that means that scene was filmed on a soundstage was in a studio in Toronto, Canada. Now, there are some a couple favorite scenes that was filmed inside the house, like when the Bumpus house to the turkey and they go out the back door. That was filmed in the Christmas Story house. When Ralphie gets soap poisoning, that was filmed in the Christmas Story house as well, too. At the end of the movie, when the old man and his wife is looking out the window and the snow is falling over the window, that was filmed in the Christmas Story house. And then when Ralphie shoots his eye out, that was also filmed in the Christmas Story backyard, and when he protects his family from the Black Bart gang, that was filmed in the Christmas Story house as well. So the shed we have here at the Christmas Story house in our backyard is the original shed from the movie. Now, it does look a little different from the movie because we had to put money into renovating it so it can stay up with the house. Because when the house was purchased, the shed looked like it wasn't going to last too long. So they had to put money into it to restoring it and rebuilding it to making it, you know, seem more sturdier and more, more durable throughout the whole entire year. And yes, that is the original shed from the movie. That's the shed where the Black Bar gang is climbing all over when they're trying to come into Ralphie's backyard and he's outside. I mean, he's inside the house with his Red Rider BB gun, a.k.a. Old Blue. And he's protecting his family from the Red Rider, from the uh, Black Bar gang, shooting them with the Red Rider BB gun. Now, when it comes to some of the props and costumes, that's in a whole different building. Uh, everything in the Christmas Story house is a replica so people can be interactive. But we also have a Christmas Story Museum, which is right across the street, where we hold all the original props and costumes from the movie. Majority of the costumes that we have in the Christmas Story Museum was acquired by Brian Jones when he went up to Canada to a place called Thunder Thighs Incorporated, where they had a Christmas Story section from a whole bunch, with a whole bunch of costumes from the movie, which they didn't discard like usually any other any other archive would, he was able to buy all of that in one go and bring it here to Cleveland, Ohio and put it in the museum for everybody to appreciate it because it wasn't being appreciated out in Canada. It was just sitting in the back of the storage room and it just collecting dust. So we have people come from now, from my experience, all over the world. Usually, when I first started working here, I figured people were just coming from all over the United States of America. Until at least two years ago, we've had a group from Australia come and take a tour. They came all the way here to take a tour of the Christmas Story house. And it was like, it, it was amazing just to, just to talk to them and just to hear how they reacted, how they loved the movie. Even though they were saying it was more difficult for them to watch the movie because it wasn't being shown overseas. The only way they were able to see it was because one of their family members who stayed in the States went to visit them and brought the Christmas Story movie for them to watch it during Christmas time, around Christmas time. And they were like, we love this movie. And then he told them, hey, the Christmas Story house is in Cleveland, Ohio, in the United States of America. You can actually go and visit and walk inside of it. And they said this, that was like, that was the first thing they put on their bucket list and they, they had to do it.
and they made their way here. And I was able to be their tour guide as well, too, which made it even, even more of a great experience because they were able to come to the Christmas tree house, which was on their bucket list. And then I was also able to give them the tour that they actually wanted and that they wasn't expecting. it. And then for people to stay overnight, it's, it's probably one of the best things ever that you get to stay on a movie set. So basically there's a third floor on the Christmas story um, in the Christmas story house. That third floor is fit. It's, it's a full suite. It's built just like a hotel. You could fit six people in there during tour hours. You would stay on that third floor in the loft. And then after tour hours, you get the whole entire Christmas story house for a night and you can relive as many Christmas story memories and miracles as much as you want, which is another thing that's on people's bucket list as well too, to be able to stay in the Christmas story house where the movie was actually filmed at and a and be able to run around and pick up the props and have fun and take pictures and create Christmas cards all night. Christmas here in Cleveland, Ohio and at the Christmas story house, we're going to need more time. It's, 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 it's chaotic, but it's controlled chaos as well too. And the reason is because everybody's storming here because they want to, they want to experience the Christmas story house during Christmas time so they can actually relive that Christmas story moment from the movie. And we we get over 100,000 people per year, and we reach at least 80% of that from November all the way to December. And it's usually really, really, really packed here to where we can't even do um, guided tours. So what we do is we switch to self-guided tours. So the difference is guided tours, a tour guide take a group of people through the house, give them information, let them run around, and then gather them back up, take them to the museum, give them information, let them run around again, gather them back up to conclude the tour in front of our fire truck and automobile. When it comes to self-guided tours, you're going to have tour guides in almost every single room throughout the museum and the Christmas Story House, and they're going to be given a little bit of information while they can, while people just walk through the house on their own, willingly. So you don't get like a whole structural tour with the whole informative way as well, too. You get to walk through it at your own pace, you know, take your time, take some pictures and stuff like that. But if you do have questions, there's tour guides there to give you any information about the Christmas Story House. And it's so chaotic here. And it's so fun as well, too, that as soon as we open up at 10, there's already a line forming at 9. So you'll have a line reaching all the way down Clark Avenue. Or West 11th, like, you don't know where the line's going to start. <laughs> but it reaches all the way down the street to where you'll be standing in line for at least about, I want to say, 25 minutes to a half an hour tops to get into the house. It's not bad. It's actually really good the way we keep the flow going here at the Christmas tree house. That way, nobody's waiting too long, especially if it's cold outside. And then also that way, everybody's having a a decent amount of time to come through the house and enjoy it as well too, just like everybody else. But when when the whole COVID nineteen thing started, it, it definitely was detrimental to some of the employees here at the Christmas Story House. The first two months the whole pandemic started, we were um we were an unemployed, but we didn't we didn't give up hope because we knew that eventually everything was going to bounce back. So we, we stayed committed to just waiting on Christmas Story House to, you know, call us and let us know we can come back to work. And eventually, after two months of just hanging out, some of us being at home renovating, we um, got the call that we can come back to work. We started off with just gift shops. You can just, um, we can just start in a gift shop 
So people would just come in and buy stuff. You don't get the whole full Christmas story experience, but you get to come into the gift shop. You can buy merchandise. You can also go on the porch or go in the backyard and take pictures as well, too. We just wasn't touring around the house. And then once the CDC gave us approval that we can have people inside the house, but only a limited amount, we were okay with that. Right now, we we're able to have about 15 people on a tour, no, no over. And um, we're able to do guided tours. We do make sure that we practice the social distancing throughout our whole entire tour. And then we also make sure that we practice, you know, cleaning as well, too. So we have sanitized stations set up around every single property from our gift shop. And we also will provide masks for anybody who needs a mask if they don't have a mask as well, too. But we are still opening. We are still open during the whole entire pandemic. And we make sure we follow every safety protocol there is possible to make sure that we are obeying the CDC laws and then also fulfilling people's dream and their goals and their bucket list to coming into the Christmas Story house. One of the best things I love about working here and probably the most amazing thing ever is the fact that I get to meet different people with all type of different characters and personalities and sense of humor and just different energy every single hour of the day. Throughout the day, I'm, I'm, touring at least over a hundred people and I'm getting to know different characters and different personalities and getting to know them and actually leaving the trademark in their life to where they, if you ever bring up the Christmas story house, they go, oh, I remember the tour guy, Ernie, he, he actually connected with me in a different level or he found some way to make me feel comfortable when I usually don't feel comfortable in different places. This is something that I love to do. I love talking to people. I love socializing. I love meeting new people. So being a tour guide, they have to look at me, they have to listen to me, and I, I'm able to express to them my passion of working here, how much how much love I have to work here and to be an employee at the Christmas Playhouse, and they can see it. Like This is almost like the perfect job for anybody who loves talking to people, who loves the Christmas Story movie, and just who loves meeting and just getting to know people and just experiencing different personalities and characters throughout their whole entire life. Like This is almost a dream job. And the Christmas story, they're so reasonable that they're willing to give almost anyone a chance. Thanks for listening to Filmed on Location. If a production was shot at your home, email us at filmedonlocationpodcast at gmail.com.